join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're God and that you give us this great, incredible promise and opportunity to tell other people about the love of Jesus Christ. Forgive us as a church. Forgive me as a human being, as an individual who loves you and wants to honor you, but, but often, but often I'm too judgmental. I'm too quick to speak against someone or something. So thank you, Lord, that you'll move in each of our hearts. You'll make us ambassadors for Christ in a world that needs Christ, in a country that's falling apart because of hate, that we in some way can be love merchants. Thank you that that's your plan. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Whoa. All right. Hey, Bill. Okay. Ryan, I'm getting on my X. I'm good. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey, thanks for the message tonight. Okay, thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, my name is Brian. Um, we're going to get some questions. We do have a couple from the phone. Okay. And just as a reminder, um, if you do want to send any, um, any texts in, the number is 301-4840. And um, if you zap them in while we're still standing here, Bill will answer, answer them. If not, we'll get to them later on. So, all right, Bill. Um, the first one is, with all of the Bibles in the world, is there a a devil Bible, and if so, who wrote it? If there's a, a what? A Bible? devil Bible. A devil Bible? Like a satanic Bible? Yes. Is there, yeah, there's a who, satanic who Bible. Wrote it? Uh, they, they have it in San Francisco, no surprise there. Uh, okay. <laughs> did I just do an unloving comment? <laughs> sorry, yeah, I was nodding. Yeah, sorry, I, I repent of that. It's okay. But no, it, yeah, Satan has their own rules, and you're going to find them in different forms all around the world, whether it's... Whether it's uh, uh, somewhere in voodoo, whether it's somewhere in incantations and all of these other things, you could, yes, they d definitely have a satanic Bible. Okay. Um, would you say that, that any of our, the, the versions of the Bibles that we would typically kind of use, are there any ones that we should watch out for? Or are you talking more just like those sort of the texts that we wouldn't really hear about in our circles? No, there's some, definitely some Bibles that you should look out for. You should look for the New World Translation that the JW has trans, you know, trans, uh, uh, translated for their own purposes and their own doctrine. Uh, you should also look at other churches that add things to them, whether they're, uh, that, that carry out their idea. Uh, but again, I think the most dangerous is there's uh, some of them that are out there now that are... Uh, true heresy that people are studying. And I'm trying to think of the name of it. You may know the name of it. There's, there's a couple of groups in our town that are following this uh, translation. You can find them and look them up, by the way, and I encourage you to do this. Look up uh, current Bible translations on uh, gotquestions.com and they'll be able to bring that to you. I don't think it's a U Bible. I can't think of the title that I'm specifically okay. looking for. But yeah, no, there are some really bad ones out there. Uh, Oh boy. No, that's good. Um, good to know. Um, if we have any questions about that, we can come to you or to someone else in the church and say, hey, is this a good one? Oh, yeah, please. So, yeah. Uh, but again, it, yep. we have the age of information. Yep. Go to YouTube or, or just type in in YouTube search engine, is this translation good? <laughs> and believe me, you'll get an opinion or two. Yep. Uh, but then again, look for the sources. If it's a good source, They'll, they'll point out the errors, the mistakes, and everything else. There's a, I just was going to remember the new apostolic reformation that's popular today. They, they've translated, for example, the book of Revelation to take out all the bad stuff of Revelation. But anyway, I'll leave it alone. Uh, another, so another Bible question. Um, who is Melchizedek in the Bible, and what's the significance of his ministry? 
Melchizedek was a, was a priest, it, it says, quote unquote, of the Most High God. And so, uh, and he lived back in the days of Abraham. Abraham, uh, obviously, uh, uh, was a man of God, chosen by God to be the father of the Jewish nation. And so, uh, he had a, a relative called Lot, who was a lot of trouble, if you will. And so, uh, Lot wanted to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. He ultimately got captured and carried away. And so Abraham mounts an army of his servants and people and from some other kings, and he goes and brings Lot back. And, and when they're coming back with all the prize and the, you know, all the captives and everything, uh, he runs into a guy named Melchizedek, who is the prince of the Most High, and he blesses him. So obviously puts him in a position above Melchizedek. And uh, he shows up in the book of Hebrews. Uh, other than that, what do we really know? Nothing. He's, he was, some people say he was a, a figure and a representation of Christ to come as a priest uh, over all of us. Um, but you can get as many opinions. Again, at, if you've got questions, just type in Melchizedek and, and stand by. Because uh, everyone's got an opinion. That's good. Uh, there's a lot to learn about Melchizedek. Um, Do you want to add a, to that? Because you're not just no. I think no. Um, but like you said, he's a type of Christ, right? Um, the way that the author of Hebrews puts it, yeah. kind of looking back um, to the Old Testament. But it's because the Jews were looking for a Christ or a, a, from an intercessor that would come from the line of the Levites. Yeah. That's where the priests priesthood came from. Yeah. But Melchizedek wasn't of that line, yeah. right? And yeah. Christ wasn't either. So he's saying, look back. It's not, don't look towards the Old Testament idea of priesthood or right. intercessory right, right. roles. Look beyond that. Look, it's a yeah. transcendent, supernatural kind of a priesthood that yeah. Christ can only fulfill. Um, okay, I think that's it for the phone. So did we have any for the, from the audience tonight? Go ahead. <laughs> Ronnie. What Ronnie's saying is, is, is that he's heard this verse. He's, he's one of the power guys. And for over 20 years, our church has gone down and supported power ministry. And their life verse is Acts 1.8. And so they, they quote it all the time. But don't be embarrassed that you didn't know about Samaria. Doug Weibel, one of the leaders of, Heibels, of, of uh, power, said, what does power stand for? Purposeful outreach with eternal results. I didn't know at the time. He, you know, he slam dunked me right there. So don't feel bad about not knowing about Samaria. <laughs> <gasps> Anyone else? I was raised Southern Baptist, what I believed is what others practiced. A white church planted in red dirt, a Midwestern boy with a tucked in shirt. I converted not just to Christianity, but to an ideology, an identity, an idea, a theology. I was taught Jesus died for the sins of humanity, that his cross would demolish all hints of inequality, that he cried out for unity in his last prayer at Gethsemane, and that this infallible book would bring all believers to harmony. But across the street, 
were the Nazarenes, and two blocks down were the Catholics, and a mile north a church called Community, and east of that were more Baptists. I had this uncallous thought that if we couldn't have fellowship with those in other fellowships who were taught a little different, then we could at least befriend the Baptists who were baptized for the same reasons and under the same creeds and because of the same tree. But these Baptists weren't like the Baptists in our baptistry, washing away their sin. For though these Baptists shared our beliefs, they did not share our skin. We are born into a separated Sunday morning. The body of Christ is segregated past all warnings. The church looks more like a court and less like a courting. Trading the unified bride for stereotype judgments. The juries are sorting. The blacks from the white, the left from the right, the women from men, the sinners from sin, the traditional from the charismatic, the liberal from the dogmatic, the denomination from the non-denom, inevitably separating us from God. How did we get so far off from the truth that now a poor, dark-skinned, unattractive Israeli Jew would have better luck dying for our sins than fitting in on our pews. Are our views and traditions worth destroying the body of Christ's eternal commission? Baptizing all nations in the damnation of our denomination's fraternal omission? We are omitting the ominous call to depart from the social roles and charts our stratified cultures impart. But it's time our churches look less like the demographic of a country club and more like that of a Walmart. Before the cross, all races and nations fit into two percentiles, God's chosen Israel and the unchosen Gentiles, those who could enter in the temple and those exiled by its walls. But after the cross, the hostility built into that divider did fall. And now a new people are born, a holy nation set apart from all who'd lived before. Within this borderless country, there are no Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, rich nor poor, Democrat nor Republican, Iraqi nor American, holy nor beautiful, polished nor tainted, Catholic nor Baptist, red nor brown, black nor white, there is only Christ, the miracle of a true life, the participants in a new creation, the old is gone, the new has saved us, we are the third race, neither Gentile or Jew, from death to life we have all passed through, our skin has not been removed, but our eyes have been renewed, now you can see me and I can see you, as more than a brand title, sinner or color, but as a father, mother, sister or brother, the church is universal, the university of diversity. She can teach the world how to live in harmony. The church is local, the locale for unity, unifying heaven and earth. We are the contrasted community. Our allegiance is not to a country, color, or creed, but to the androgynous family born on that Roman tree. We will no longer be separated by our prejudices and bigotry, nor be segregated from those who think or look differently, but we'll embrace our body's beautiful diversity and we'll raise our voices for peace as God's extraordinary symphony. I had a question. Oh, yeah. Um, the video that we watched um, just now, 
Yeah. Um, kind of talking about diversity and um, different denominations coming coming together. One of the verses he talked about sort of a Catholics, uh, Catholic and evangelicals being able to work together. What's your commentary on Catholic theology and evangelical theology and how um, those two can oh work together Thank or you. not work together? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that hanger and eight coming my way. Uh, well, this is an interesting thing, and I, I, I know the diversity. It, I, I know the conflict of biblical theology between the two of them. There are certain uh, things in Catholic theology that, that I disagree with, an earthly pope and things that rule and can uh, override and things like that. But uh, I think the bottom line that I follow is that there are biblical Christians in the Catholic Church, and I talk to them about the differences and the things they should watch out for. Most of them, and many of them that I know, stay in the Catholic Church knowing the warts and problems. Mm -hmm. They stay as missionaries to point people to biblical Christianity. But beyond that, it, now this is really challenging, so if I can say it clearly, I would probably guess overall between Catholic and Protestant faith, there's an equal number percentage-wise of biblical Christians. We're in no place to point out that they've missed the mark because of some of their theology, because some of the theology that's taught in Christian churches today is just as heretical as some of the stuff that's brought about in there. And I would say that the, a man's heart that loves God, whether he's Catholic or Protestant, uh, and I, I would almost, it's such a small percentage, I don't think we can be casting a lot of stones, you know, in, into, the, uh, into the Catholic Church when we got issues. Okay. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, okay. Appreciate it. Thank you.